sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome to Ignition. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, or if you have ideas for future episodes, please contact us. And the easiest way to do so is by email. The address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. I'm joined in studio today by Dr. Jason Heron. Hi, Jason. Hi. Thanks for having me. Happy to have you once more. Um, Jason and I are going to be talking today about how Christianity fundamentally is not something, but someone. Um, Christianity is not something, it is someone. That's what we'll be talking about. If you've never listened to the show before, again, my name is Dr. Chris Bergwald. I am the Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls, which is basically the eastern half of South Dakota, um, the, the the part of South Dakota that's uh, bordered by the states around us, and the Missouri River divides the state pretty much. I've been in this role with the diocese since 2002, but in the role of husband to Jermaine since 1999. It's probably more than a role, though. I hope. Uh, me too. It is a role. It's also more than a role. <laughs> more than a role. Um, she's from Ohio. I'm from Central Minnesota. But all five of our kids are born and raised in eastern, sunny Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So there. Jason, who are you? I'm Jason Heron. Uh, I live in Yankton with Hannah, my wife. We've been married for 18 years. Uh, we've got six kids. And uh, I teach theology and philosophy at... Mount Marty University. I've been teaching there for three years. I've started my fourth. You know, six is the imperfect number. Imperfect number? Yeah. Wow. That's why we have five, because right. if we have, we're going to have six, we have to have seven. Right. You can't right. just have six kids. Right. Well, we all long for completion. Here, so. here, here, here's, here, here's my response to myself. And Yeah, but together, the Heron family, there's eight of us, which is the beyond perfection. Right, right, right. The eighth right. day. Right. So. <laughs> but then my mother-in-law lives with us, so there's nine. Nine. I don't know what to yes. do with that. Yeah, I don't so. know. <laughs> Is there so. even one nine in scripture? I don't even know. Hmm. Just kidding. I mean, we don't have I, to think I about think. it. I, I was. <laughs> <laughs> so Jason has been on the show recently, did a couple episodes a few weeks back, um, talking about... Who is a Catholic we should know, and then what's a Catholic book we should know? Uh, so if you, if you didn't listen to those episodes, go back and go back and listen. Out of the two, Jason, out of curiosity, which one did you like the best? I really enjoyed talking about Sister Burroughs' book, The Essence of Prayer. So that was the second book. He doesn't care for Luigi Giussani, who was the Not topic. True. I mean, <laughs> Not true. I mean the, the top the episode. We, sorry, I love Father Giussani. Um, today, Jason <laughs> is going to answer probably my longest running question for guests: What does it mean to be a Christian? Um, and again, the teaser at the top of the show was Christianity is not so, so, so much something as it is someone. So, Dr. Jason Heron, theologian extraordinaire, <laughs> what does it mean to be a Christian? Uh, I've been thinking about this question since you asked me. Uh, I've also been thinking about this question my whole life, but mm. or as soon as I could, as, as soon as I could think about this question, I've been thinking about this question. I grew up in the church, been surrounded by Christians my whole life. Uh, I've met some really amazing Christians, and when you're confronted with an amazing Christian, you have the question, what is going on? Like, what what is it? What's the question? What is it to be what a Christian? What does it mean to what be a Christian? What does it mean to be a Christian? 
I've also been, I've also met really terrible Christians. Um, and you're confronted with the same question. What does it mean to be a Christian? And then most Christians are like me, somewhere in that, that middle between, ooh, are you still a Christian? And wow, are you, you might be a saint. Mm. And you're, most of us <clears throat> are just on the road. And so this has been a question that's really exercised me for, for some time. Um, it's in part why I chose to do practical theology or moral theology rather than speculative theology, not because there's anything wrong with speculative or no, systematic theology. No, there's definitely nothing wrong with it. It's but, much better. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. Someone please come get me out of here. Uh, but, Door, the door's <laughs> locked and barred from the shots. <laughs> Uh, but I'm I'm just uh, really curious about the 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 identity of the Christian. Before, actually, can I interject something yeah, here? For I, sure. I, 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 it's your show, man. This is I know, but I I don't I don't, <laughs> I don't like I don't when when a guest's got a uh, uh, has steam built up. I don't really want to derail the train, so sure. I, I hope I won't do I'm so. Steamless. Um, do you think? It's possible. So, so the like really holy Christians, Christians like. Huh? Do you think it's sometimes you hear about well Christian or Catholic in name only? Do you what do you think about that sort of language? Out of curiosity. Um, in name only, like so, maybe you were baptized and confirmed, and then you haven't. What do they say? Well, okay. The to, door be, of a church. to be honest, well, but I, I tend to hear this and oh. It, it, it tends to be in polemics, to be honest, like online Catholic v. Catholic oh. polemics where, oh, he's a, or, or where they're referring to maybe politicians who don't. Oh, I see. Know, I oh, see. They're, they're, they're. Joe Biden is Catholic in name only, yeah. that kind and of right, thing. He might be president as we're, we have no idea yeah, right true. now, to be honest. True. So it could true. be President Biden, could be President Trump. Anyway. That, that wasn't, that wasn't a dig on Biden or a promotion of Biden. I just. Okay. You just. He's yeah. the, exactly. He's definitely the Catholic politician I'm thinking about. Absolutely. Right, right. So do you think it's um, possibly a Catholic in name only? Well, I think, I think <laughs> it's impossible for someone to know that about you. Um, so, uh. I, how could I know the state of Biden's relationship to, or any politician's relation, or another person's relationship to our our Lord and to the Church? So here, so I, I'm sympathetic to the complaint, the charge, if you will, but I think fundamentally it's actually it, it's it's mistaken because it implies that my faith is fundamentally about my thoughts and decisions. Now, obviously, they're important. Sure, sure, but. To be a Catholic means to be a baptized Christian who, and we could we could add other things to it. It's so I, I think I think it's possibly a really bad Catholic, a really flawed Catholic. But I don't know if you can be a Catholic in name because it's not just a name. I'm a Catholic in my being, even if I'm a, even if I'm a horrible sinner, like awful sinner. I'm more than just a Catholic in name only. I'm still in some way. I, my mm. my my. My soul has been marked. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that phrase—that's a good way to th- say it. Maybe that phrase really betrays a misunderstanding of sacramental 
theology. And and the reason, so I, what does this have to do? I, I, I think, I don't, so we're going to get back on your train here, but I, I, I think there is something about how it, but it, it go, I'm thinking about your episode, the episode we did um, on Sister Ruth Burroughs and that, tem, that tendency towards plagiarism, mm-hmm. where my faith is about what I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I'm just thinking. Yeah, that was a helpful way to frame the, the phrase or to understand the phrase. I mean, one way to avoid that phrase is to not, uh, visit online Catholic. Politics. Amen. Right. Uh, there's, okay. a lo- there's a lot of other things to read, um, but yes, that that idea that faith can be um, that faith is essentially synonymous with what you say, what I think, and what I do. Yeah. That's a. I think that's a misunderstanding of what what Christianity is. So and let's so, let's get back on your train sure, then. So sure. so. Nice segue. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to start with this quote from uh, Pope Benedict XVI's first encyclical, God is Love. Um, and it's, it's right at the beginning in the introduction. He says, We have come to believe in God's love. In these words, the Christian can express the fundamental decision of his life. And then there's this amazing sentence. Being Christian is not the result of an ethical choice or a lofty idea, but the encounter with an event, a person, which gives life a new horizon and a decisive direction. So I love this quote. Um, I said to you earlier, Chris, I've, I've written this quote on the board for my students, and we've just spent hours just picking apart this quote. Being a Christian is not the result of an ethical choice or a lofty idea, but the encounter with an event, a person, which gives life a new horizon, and a decisive direction. I like this quote because um, as a theologian, it's very easy for me to start thinking of Christianity as um, a set of lofty ideas. Mm-hmm. As a moral theologian, it's easy for me to get obsessed with the ethical choices <clears throat> of Christianity. Right. Um, we are fond of defending different faiths, I've heard it in terms of Christianity and in terms of Buddhism by saying, well, it's not a religion, it's a way of life. Yep. Um, And of course that's true as far as it goes, but um, a way of life can also be called an ethic, an ethos. Right. The way that you do things. Right. um, The code you abide by. And so um, I think that this quote from Benedict really helps us put things in their proper order. Uh, he gives priority to the encounter with the person of Jesus. And then, I mean, Pope Benedict's not an idiot. <laughs> he knows from that encounter flows lofty plenty of lofty and ideas and ethical choices. choices. You don't have to throw them all out, but it's a matter of emphasis. So when I'm when I'm thinking about this, sometimes I think about the, the proper order of like the way that uh, I would express my vows at a wedding. It'd be strange if I got up at the wedding, I'm standing there before Hannah, and I said, read a lot of books about marriage. And I've even done some practicing, practice being a husband. I'm pretty good at it. And I met you, and I think I'm ready to try out my skills on you. I think... I think you can help me make this work. All my knowledge of marriage and all my practice. No one would even know what is going on. Yeah. 
it's the dumbest example because it's unintelligible. Yep. What actually happened was, in so many words, I got up there and I said, I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know who I'm going to become or who you're going to become. But I know I trust you and I want you to trust me. And I want to stay with you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to stay with you and I won't leave you. Mm. And from that moment when I made that decision publicly with my will, I've gotten all sorts of great ideas about marriage <laughs> and all just a ton of practice, a yep. ton of ethos, a ton of, a ton of lived experience. And um, I'm kind of ready. And maybe in the future, I'll be teaching marriage and family at, at Mount Marty University. But that's only because I did the thing in the right order. Um, abstract knowledge of that kind of lived reality is only so helpful. And so I think Pope Benedict's quote here puts things in the proper order. Abstract knowledge of Christian thought and abstract knowledge of Christian rules about how to live life is fine for a textbook description of what Christianity is, but it's virtually meaningless for living it at a personal level. Yeah, there, there's... Um it's so easy for us to reduce our faith to ideas, ideology, you know, to the teachings, to prayers, piety, um, to morality or ethics, um, or other things. And like you said, those things are all good, but they're not the heart of it. They flow from the heart, the center. They're secondary. But the primary thing is the encounter. So one of the fascinating things to me about this quote is, um, he doesn't say uh, is the result of the encounter with a person. With an event. He says it's the result of the encounter with an event, a person. Mm-hmm. But he first, before he says with a person, he says with an event. Mm-hmm. So indicating that event and person are synonymous. And that causes, first of all, goosebumps on me right mm. now. Mm. Because what's an event? I'm really I'm, I'm I, I didn't I, I wanted to ask you, but I'm going to talk for a minute. No, do it. Do it. An event is something that happens. Therefore, Jesus Christ is yes, someone. He's a person, but he's a he's a dynamism. Mm-hmm. He's a happening. He is an event. Mm-hmm. Like you think, um, uh, wait, if you were what's a synonym for a human being? I think you'd have to go for a long time before the average person would get to event. Right. 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 So yeah, I'm curious. Right. So for you, what does it mean to say that Christianity that, that that Pope Benedict is saying when Pope Benedict says Christianity is the relative encounter with an event, a person? He's making these two things synonymous. What does that mean for you? Yeah, that's a great question. <clears throat> um, event has that. Uh, you said something that happens. It also has, I think, carries with it the idea of um, something extraordinary. Um, you know, like putting on my shirt this morning was not an event. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, we're, we're gearing up, uh, tomorrow night for the, the fundraiser for Bishop. Yeah. That's an event. Yeah. Why? Cause we don't do it every Saturday night. We do it once a year. Yeah. It's awesome. <clears throat> and I'll be there. This, uh, this happened, Jason, when they're listening to this, this yes, is like, yes. <laughs> but, but yes, but yeah, they know what it is. Yep. And I'll be there too. These, these uh, events have a, a surprising or a 
an unexpected character to them. Um, there's normal life, and then the event kind of breaks in crosswise. Mm. And so uh, we cannot say that of every person that we meet. Like, with all due respect to the, all the fine people who work here at the diocese, I've encountered like four other people aside from you mm. today. I can't remember their faces. I don't know their name. Yeah. They're, you know, they're not yep. events for me. Yep. Um, and so persons on their own, you're right, are not events. Yeah. But sometimes you meet someone and person and event become synonymous. The analogy with marriage again is, yeah. I mean, I, I have friends that I can't exactly remember when I first met them or what it was like, but I can like walk through first meeting Hannah or, you know, there, there are those personal moments between friends where, like he says, a a new direction is, or a decisive direction is, is charted. And I think that um, Jesus has this character in the lives of Christians or that's their destiny to arrive at that moment. Not everyone is, I don't even know if I've had that yet. Yeah. Where I've encountered Jesus as an event. Right. But I think that's what is waiting for a Christian. If you're just tuning in, you listen to Ignition. This is, I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald, your host. And we're I'm talking today with Jason Heron, Dr. Jason Heron. And he giving boy, words are hard for me right now. Um Jason's answering my question, what does it mean to be a Christian? And we've been exploring for much of the episode so far, Pope Benedict, a quote from Pope Benedict's first encyclical, Deus Caritas, asked, God is love. Being Christian is not only a matter of an ethical choice or a lofty idea, but as a result of an encounter with an event, a person which gives life a new horizon and a decisive direction. So we've been talking about the event. Anything else for you around the... So so I just, I love, there's something that is so not just intriguing, but attractive and inviting about Christianity is a... I think it's because it, it, it breaks the... I, for me, it breaks the the feeling, the, the, the um, yeah, the sense that Christianity is old and staid mm-hmm. and static and hard and just like crusty. No, it's, yeah. it's, it's an event. Yeah. This, this is something I think that's dear to Pope Benedict's way of seeing <clears throat> the world. Um, in another encyclical space, Alvi hope saves. Um, he talks about every new generation having to commit again to the good. Right. It's in paragraph 24 where, um, we are not a we we can rest on the achievements of previous generations when it comes to like science and technology. Obviously, laptops are better than typewriters. Sure, like we made progress, but at a moral level, at a spiritual level, I am no further evolved than people a thousand years ago. I have the same responsibility to begin again to commit to the good in this generation. And so this idea that Christianity is this old stodgy thing that's just kind of lumbering along, Pope Benedict just really doesn't, I don't think, 
he's not going to allow us to think of yep. Christianity that way because he thinks I think more of like a the tip of a spear that's just yeah. working its way through history. Yep. And it's always uncovering new ground. And whoever is the living generation is there at the front. And it is always new because uh, it's not a set of dead ideas or outmoded guidelines for living, but is an encounter with a living person. Yep. That gives life a new horizon and a decisive direction. Like a decisive direction, I think I get that. Maybe you can um, give your thoughts on it. I'm really curious in your thoughts. What does it mean to say that because of this encounter, to say that Christianity is not something but someone, because of this encounter with Jesus Christ, who is a, an event, um, I ha- my life has a new horizon. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, a horizon is a purely subjective thing. There's no such thing as an objective horizon where if you move, the horizon changes. Yep. So it's a matter of pure subjectivity. Okay. Um, So let's just, by horizon, what do we mean? Where the sky meets the land. Okay. Um, You can always see it, but as you move, it just changes relative to your perspective. Yep. So... Horizon is a great word for your your perspective on what's possible out there, like in the direction you're facing, where you might be headed. You know, yep. you're off to the horizon. You yep. never actually end up there. Yep. The horizon's always in front of you. Yep. But if you are the recipient of a new horizon, then what you perceive to be possible for your life has changed. So when Benedict says that the encounter with Jesus gives life a new horizon, that's how I understand it. Like, I thought my life was going to be this. I saw the horizon like this, X. But now I see Y. Mm. I see um, the distance. I see the destination. I see the direction that I'm going in a new way. Um, I always talk about Hannah, because it's the most important relationship in my life. And it just, this is one of those things that happens in marriage. I think you're just a knuckleheaded bachelor and your life has one horizon mm-hmm. and then you get married and you start having kids and you're like, Oh, they're, Oh they, yeah. Life is different than what I yes. thought it was going to be when I was 17, you know, yep. and my life has a new horizon Yep, because of these people because of my encounter with the event of these persons that have been given to me. Um, So that happens at a natural level quite often, I think. A good friendship is like that. A good marriage is like that. Certainly having children can be like that. And um, for those of us who are docile to that, your perspective on what's possible in your life or where your life is headed, that changes. You're given a new horizon. Um, You can be resistant to that, of course. Sure. But... but, um, I think the same thing holds for the encounter with Jesus. I thought life was going like this, and now I've met this man, and I see something else is possible. I think the the arrival of a new horizon is evident at so many points in the Gospels when we watch the disciples encounter Jesus. Mm. I mean, just think of Peter, James, and John, Andrew, right there at the beginning what they thought, let's say they met Jesus on Wednesday, what they thought they were going to do on Tuesday, as they looked ahead to Wednesday, the horizon of Wednesday, Yep. yep. going to go fishing again, going to come home, going to make supper, you know, 
And then you meet this guy and evidently you leave your life behind and live like a vagabond for three years. Like that is a new horizon. Yep. That's a very decisive direction. We're going to do this now. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the great Lutheran theologian said when he, when he looks at the disciples and their response to Jesus, he just says, what could they do but burn their nets? Right. It's an amazing line. They just had to just get rid of it. There's a new horizon now. I'm, I can't live the old way. So I think that that's how I understand horizon. So Jason, we got about three minutes left. Okay. What does it mean to be a Christian? Anything that you haven't shared or, or any, anything you want to sort of use to sum up what we've talked about already either way. Yeah. I was thinking about this little like chain of phrases. So to, to be a Christian, I think is to want to be um, fully alive as a human and to trust that the Father has sent the Son and the Holy Spirit to reveal precisely that to us, how to, how to be fully alive as a human. And then because of the gift of the Son and the Spirit, to live a life of gratitude, worship, humility, in light of that gift. And as a result of all of that, to treat others as what they actually are, which is mm. handiwork of the Trinity, also on the road to becoming fully human. And so I think that's, that's an, I think a great way of making space for, of course, doctrine and ethics, but prioritizing the gift of the person of Jesus and the person of the spirit and our encounter with them so that we reimagine ourselves in a new horizon and reimagine the people that we live with in a new horizon. I'm going to ask you a really unfair question. That's fine. What difference has it made in your life? I know. There, there are six humans that are alive today uh, because of Jesus. I don't think that I would have been mm. a family man mm. without him. Um, yeah, that's a <laughs> that's the great question, right? What, what difference does it make? Because yep. maybe there's a great way to live your life and Jesus is completely unnecessary. Right. Um, so I got six kids to show for it. And hopefully today I'm less of a prick than I was <laughs> like 10 years ago. <clears throat> I don't know though. Um, that remains to be seen. I think that I am becoming more and more comfortable with my dependence on someone who's greater than I am and becoming more and more comfortable with who I am in light of that dependence. And I'm becoming more and more eager. Ah, yes, yes. I'm becoming more and more eager to worship. Oh. So growing up, worship doesn't make a ton of sense. It's just this boring thing you have to go do. And the further, the longer I'm at this, the more eager I am to do it. Okay. So we're going to leave it there, but I love, we're going to come back to that someday. Um, the difference that Jesus Christ has made in your life is you are increasingly more and more eager to worship. Yeah. I think to, that's true. To be continued. Okay. 
Thanks, Jason, for being with us today. Thanks, Chris. That's Jason's answer to the question, what does it mean to be a Christian? And that will wrap up this, epi- wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, sfcatholic.org, with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for future episodes. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>